from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. Until recently, business continuity plans focused primarily on natural disasters and cyber events. That changed quickly with the onset of the coronavirus outbreak and protests over the murder of George Floyd, which require credit unions to address a host of new issues. I'm Bill Merrick, Deputy Editor for CUNA News. This episode of the CUNA News Podcast features a conversation with two business continuity experts from Quantivate, Andrea Tolentino, Principal Solutions Architect, and Linda Carlson, a Solutions Consultant. Quantivate is the technology provider for the Credit Union Compliance Management System. We also check in with Brad Brown, Vice President of Enterprise Risk Management and Security Officer for Service One Credit Union in Bowling Green, Kentucky. He explains the Credit Union's collaborative approach to business continuity, how its business continuity efforts shifted during the pandemic, what worked best and what needed improvement, and more. Here are Andrea Tolentino and Linda Carlson. What are some of the components of effective business continuity? This is Linda. So it definitely starts off with your business impact analysis. You're figuring out what are the critical processes, what's the description of those, what do you depend on to make sure that those processes happen, who then is served by those processes, and then figuring out, you know, the critical ones, planning around those to say, if everything shut down at once, what processes do you need to bring up? back online first, second, third, things like that. Also doing risk assessment of cybersecurity and performing some geographic risk assessments around natural and human-caused disasters. And then pulling them all into a plan to refer to should you need to use it. Hopefully you don't need to use it, but hopefully you still know it. And how has business continuity evolved over the years and and what's fueling that? Yeah, I can uh, take that one. This is Andrea. So I think it's pretty interesting that BC started and really, I think, focused on just natural disasters and maybe cyber incidents. And I think now there's so many different areas of risk and just the discipline as a whole has grown to meet just a really wide variety of threats that are increasing across organizations. I think business is becoming increasingly more complex that really needs responses to, you know, ensure that companies can remain resilient and responsive to incidents. You take, you know, now the protests, um, that's not really a technology threat per se, but it's, you know, a human caused hazard that, you know, a lot of organizations are looking at how to deal with and enacting their business continuity plans. Um, So I think just the wide range of incidents that business continuity is encompassing is grown quite a bit. Because I think, you know, a lot used to be based on keeping your servers up and your data centers and things. And uh, then it's become more of a formalized discipline where it's more clearly defining the mission to just overall protect your organization and looking more at gap analysis between your business continuity and disaster recovery and building that up. How do you think business continuity will evolve in the future and what's driving this? 
We're definitely moving away from vital records. I know as I meet with clients and talk about vital records and define it as it's a single piece of paper that maybe has a wet signature on it or, you know, it's the title to a car, something that you have only one of it and if it's destroyed in fire or flood or just disappears, you have to gather people together again and jump through hoops to recreate that. More and more things are moving electronic as uh, different institutions start using electronic signatures and things like that. So definitely moving away from the vital records. Uh, more and more is getting stored in the cloud. So it's not even a matter of we need to go and look at our backup because somebody else is taking care of maintaining the data. And definitely a, a greater emphasis on cybersecurity. And all of this is also being driven by you know, increased more sophisticated technology, as well as having consumer expectations for faster response times and the ability to bank online 24 seven from anywhere in the world. You've got what the customers are requesting, requiring, and making sure that the technology you're using can keep up with that and keep data safe. Yeah, I would agree, um, especially, you know, as things are moving away from paper into the cloud. I think more and more organizations are using vendors and outsourcing a lot of their services and technology. So they're not the host of them, which from a business continuity perspective, it changes what your disaster recovery steps and how you look at what your strategies are, which I think really makes vendor management very important within your organization. When you look at the pandemic, what are some of the related risks that credit unions are having to deal with? I think one of the things um, that they're having to deal with is just keeping their member base because of all the closures for so many of their branches and how they can still best serve them with everything that's happening and moving to an online presence even more um, and being able to still keep their members and be able to still serve them. Also, from a kind of enterprise risk standpoint, there's been a lot of changes looking at their appetite statements and their strategic plans and what their goals are and the programs and things that they're doing. They've had to really look at those and analyze how they're going to change what they're doing due to the pandemic situation. And how has the pandemic affected Credit Union's business continuity plans? Can you think of an example of a, a client and how maybe it's adjusted its, its business continuity plan? A lot of them reached out to us as uh, the mm -hmm. pandemic started, and they've worked on updating their plans. I happen to have two clients who exercised a pandemic in the fall so one of them was talking with her last week and she said, who knew that we'd need this? Glad we exercised that in the fall. They've got 75% of their corporate staff successfully working from home since March. She said it took them a, a couple weeks to acquire and issue the necessary equipment for them to work from home. But once that was in place, it's just been business as usual, which has been awesome. As I continue to meet with clients to either start building out plans or review existing ones, I'm hearing a lot of like, well, apparently we don't need the location because we can do this from home or processes where they thought that they needed specific tools. They needed physical paper documentation. I mean, this kind of goes back to the, we're moving away from vital records and it's all going into the cloud. Necessity is the mother of invention and they're figuring out how to do these processes remotely, how to do them from home, how to make sure that they can still service. So just a greater emphasis on electronic ways of processing everything. Where do credit unions sometimes fall short when it comes to business continuity? I think 
to start, um, a lot of times when credit unions come to us and need help with their planning, when we look at kind of what they previously had done, it's not detailed enough. So maybe they've had one business continuity plan, but they haven't really gone into looking at what your core functions are and develop strategies and good planning steps for those critical processes. So we help to try to get the level of detail that's needed. Another thing might be uh, just not maturing the plan or your, you know, your overall program over time. So it's staying static. Um, and, you know, ways you can do that is really focusing on your exercising every year. So having a strong exercise program where you're going through scenarios and doing tabletop testing and doing parallel type testing and things for your processes, I think is a really good way to help mature the plans um, and make them stronger. So you can find gaps and put those into the plans. And just the lack of kind of testing and exercising, maybe they'll just do a small exercise that only tests one area or they focus only on IT and they don't really branch out to all the various departments across the credit union. Whereas we try to help them do more enterprise-wide and whole organization type testing and exercising so that you can build the plans and take the gaps from those and mature them. And then just another common one, you know, business is constantly changing and that means that information gets out of date pretty quickly. So I think if you don't make business continuity a part of the culture within the organization, um, it can be uh, really difficult to kind of get the buy-in um, and you you continue to have stale and outdated information because it's not a part of the thought process for the department manager. So I think when you can get a new application or maybe job titles change and your mind is thinking, all right, that means I need to update my BC plan and you know there's going to be things within plans that need to be updated. Uh, you're building culture that embraces business continuity and then that will help them when they fall short on you know having outdated information because they're only touching it once a year once every other year but making it more kind of ingrained in the day-to-day business I think overall helps to build the program. And how can credit unions make business continuity part of their culture and what does that look like? Some of the things that I've seen is having senior management, the buy-in from them. So I think it starts top down and goes down from there. So by having innovative and interesting exercises, having senior management at those exercises. So, you know, everyone sees that it's not just the department level, but they have all the SVPs there too, I think can help. Having exercises that you've spent time and thought through and that can help sometimes too that people kind of get engaged I think when you do kind of the same old thing you know every year and you don't put effort into trying to make it interesting for them sometimes they check out but uh, there's one credit union I'm thinking about where they would come up with all different kinds of scenarios and they did a zombie apocalypse type of exercise where then they kind of masked it as a pandemic type of thing. It's actually, it's kind of similar to what's happening right now in today's uh, culture, but they had candy eyeballs on the tables and everyone gave it good, I think, remarks because they had the buy-in from senior management. And also you could tell that the BC admin, they actually had 
a committee with an administrator that owned it and really took responsibility um, to manage the program. Just to add to that, I've also noticed that, you know, with the software that we have, in addition to having the business continuity plan, there's an incident management where if something happens, you can go in and note all of that. And the entities that I find that are much more engaged are ones who are like, we had a fire drill, let's go put it in as an exercise. We had a tornado drill. Having more than just the annual tabletop exercise to go in and note what's going on. So it gives them opportunity to get into their plans and use them more frequently so that should they be needed, it's not covered in a layer of dust. And what are we supposed to do now? Here's Brad Brown, Vice President of Enterprise Risk Management and Security Officer for Service One Credit Union in Bowling Green, Kentucky. How are things in Kentucky these days? Going well. Just playing it day by day with everything that's going on with the pandemic and like everybody else wishing we just have some closure on it to know what's going to happen. Sure, sure. Have you reopened your branches? Yes, we did reopen our lobbies on uh, June 1st. We're encouraging masks. We're requiring them in certain circumstances, but all of our associates are have the their PPE and uh, hand sanitizer and whatnot. So we are keeping an eye on that to make sure that we're being as safe as we can at work. Kentucky's got a website, it's called Healthy at Work, and it's sort of offering the guidance that they want various industries to follow. We were deemed an essential industry at the onset, so we chose to close our branches and go drive through only. And now as the economy starts opening back up, we're taking steps to better serve our members in the situations where you can't do it through a drive-through. We did allow them to make appointments and come in during our shutdown, but for at least our lobby closures. Can you tell me about your approach to business continuity? Our approach is, you know, obviously we have a collaborative effort. There's not one person per se that is responsible for the whole continuity plan. Each of our executives manage a piece of that because it's a large undertaking to keep all that stuff in in one cohesive place. So it is a team that we put together that is over the business continuity. And we just try to be as adaptive and nimble as we can as things present themselves. Everyone has a say in it. And that way we all have the same buy-in and we're going in the same direction. And how did you respond from a business continuity perspective when the pandemic hit? What steps did you take to address the crisis? Well, the first step we took is we dusted off our pandemic response plan and then applied that to the situation that was presented us. There's obviously things that look good on paper and they held the test of time. And then we also identified some things for takeaways for next times or things that we probably needed to dive a little bit deeper on. An example is hand sanitizer. Who would have thought you wouldn't have been able to get your hands on hand sanitizer? So one of the specific things that we're looking at is establishing kind of a minimum inventory of certain PPE. Not to say that's you know the end-all beat-all, but to have a reserve supply where we just can't walk across the staples or target and buy hand sanitizer. We need to plan a little bit better on certain aspects of it. Was there a process as events unfolded? It seemed like 
the situation changed on a daily basis. How did your plan keep you on track? Well, our plan gave us, we had a solid framework of that plan to get started. And it had us looking in the right direction. And we assembled a team from across the credit union to kind of address the fluid nature that was this pandemic. There was always new guidance and some of it seemed to be somewhat contradictory, but we get a team together and look at it because you get your national guidance and then we had local at the state level guidance coming out. And we wanted to make sure that we were following the recommendations that were put out in front of us to maintain the safety of not only our associates and members, but of the credit union as well. We didn't want to jump the gun on anything by jumping in too early or too late. We wanted to manage the information as it came in. And if you recall early on, it seemed like every day something new was coming out that we wouldn't necessarily meet formally as a team daily. We would get together weekly, but we were, you know, most of us were in the same building and we could talk via, you know, an email or a Skype, something that we could say, hey, this is coming down the road. How do we need to prepare for it or, or modify our plan based on what we see is coming? What worked best with your business continuity plan and what needed improvement as you look back at your business continuity plan as it relates to the pandemic? Well, as it relates to the pandemic, what you know worked best was just our collaborative nature in it. We all want to get together and we want to be agile enough that we get it done now and we don't have to go to committee and discuss it. We would get a small team together that was authorized to make the majority of the decisions and formulate the plan for it. In hindsight, it was little things that the plan, we didn't dive deep enough. And what better way to test your plan than to actually have to enact it? And it was little things with, you know, the corporate communications, keeping everybody in the loop on a timely manner. We did a pretty good job at that. But it was just keeping up with the PPE, the things that you didn't really forecast that you needed quite the supply that you did. We maintained a small supply of certain things, but not near to to cover the scope of uh, of this pandemic and the requirements that were coming out. Like, with it went from where nobody wear masks to everybody wear masks and all points in between. So you're trying to now secure some of those items in a market where it was very tight and it, often there was long lead times. So we would we'd try to manage that supply and order stuff in enough time so we could reopen because we knew that was going to be stuff that we needed. How do you use technology as part of your business continuity efforts? Well, technology is one of the things that we're just now really starting to leverage with our business continuity. The first of this year, we signed a contract with a vendor that would allow us to have a single point for a lot of our not only business continuity, but vendor management and enterprise risk. We'll have it all in one convenient platform. And uh, there are some other technologies within that we're considering leveraging. But right now, it's just we're using the the platform to develop and uh, spell out our plan and give people a common place where they can go do that. And what advice would you offer your peers about business continuity best practices? Involve as many people as you can in the process. Now, that's not every single person in the organization, but get the buy-in from your executive team. 
and you'll make it a priority to go over. And if you collaborate, if you have a nice cross section, somebody in a different area may have a thought that you never thought of, but by having that cross section participate in this stuff just makes a better overall program because it makes you think of things that you may not have thought of because you're always knee deep in it. And then be agile. We learned that with the pandemic. What you think is going to happen probably won't. So you need to be able to adapt to that quickly. If you're expecting a left turn and a right turn comes up, you need to have a team that can get together quickly and address that. What did you do to stay healthy and sane during the, the pandemic when you were we were all locked down? Anything <laughs> well, that kept you going? Uh, sanity could be questionable whether I kept that or not. I, I just have some hobbies that I you know, that would take me outside. And actually, one of the things that uh, my wife and I started doing was building Legos. I was a Lego fan since I was a kid, and we started buying stuff. She was became way too familiar with Amazon Legos. I've lost count of how many sets we did, but that was one of the things that we'd sit down at night at the kitchen table and put together. We did a lot of Star Wars stuff, so that was a lot of Star Wars Lego sets. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play.